Hemshech Chaim Beis, Volume One, up to Discourse Number Twenty Six. The summary of the Friedrich Rebbe on this Maimer, the summary that is taken has Cholos The summary of the summary the. The general content of the beginning of the discourse is Ha'edis Megalim Ha'flawed Edensof. The energies reveal the awesomeness, the wonder of the infinite divine light. In the previous discourse, Sfiris Megalas Machshavas and the Lamas. That's what the Friedrich Rebbe writes, that the spheres reveal the hidden thoughts which is the words of the Rabbeinu Shem Tov in explaining the second meaning in Sfira, which is what we're in the middle of now, and that is from the word Sipur Vahagod, Sipur, relating a narrative, a story. So we learned, this is already the third discourse that's continuing that discussion, that discussion began, Apirish is back to chapter 91, the Maimar Bahu Emadaleim Vayera. Through all this we learn, basically, taking the principles that were discussed earlier in the Hemshech, earlier in the series. And that is that containers reveal energies, which on their own cleave and connect to their source. That in turn, the containers and the energies, not silas, the containers that reveal the energies, and they together reveal dimensions that are higher than not silas. Which goes back to the holy early discussion. Atzilus is Gilead Helam. Atzilus come the word close. Atzilus reveals the concealed. It reveals that which is in God's power concealed within the source. And more specifically, that's revealing the ten hidden spheres. That's Atzilus' role. And that's what it does. And that was the central theme of the last discourse. How Atzilus reveals the concealed. And speaking about that, it broke it into several levels. That revealing the concealed is that um, using the example of the faculties where we have essentially three levels. Revealed faculties, that would be an equivalent of the revealed atzilis, where the, faculty, the divine faculties are functioning, chesed, gura, reyimina, and so on. The right side, the left side, the right arm, the left arm. Then you have the hidden faculties, Kechus Nalamim, or what he called Hamshach Nalamis, a concealed transmission, or Hasoga Nalamis is a concealed comprehension or understanding. So Atzilus reveals that. That would be the equivalent of Atzilus revealing how the ten hidden spheres are already in a state of transmission. And then it finally reveals also the way the ten hidden spheres are in their etzim, in their core. In the example, in the faculties house, in the core soul, where it's not even chachma yet. It's not even wisdom. But it is, from there, will originate, will emerge the hidden, and then finally the revealed. So Atzilus does all that. Without Seichel Goli, without conscious intelligence, we cannot come to the unconscious, and we cannot come to the un-unconscious. With, with same thing here, with Atzilus, which is Seichel Goli, the example, this is where, where everything is chachma gluya. You have a revealed type of wisdom. It tells us that it's coming from a source. 
We may not know exactly what the source is like, but we know now that it exists. And there's actual revelations from that source, also that manifest in Seichel. Either by a Chacham or maybe Medaite, a person who has just a higher type of understanding of things. Even he can express it to a certain extent, very briefly. Or, and even higher, through the effort, when we answer questions and we struggle, we come to reveal things that come even from the unconscious, that's Tamidi Yashmakum, from the students, from the questions, from the challenge. So we reach even that dimension. So that's the story. Atzillus tells this story, basically revealing all these levels. And that he concluded with, that's Avram, Zokan, Babayom. That's exactly what Avram does. That Avram, through learning Teir, Zokan, Zokan, Kona, Yeshu, Yeshiva. And Babayom, and through the garments, which is the containers that he, through his, Aveda, through his work, he drew down the energies, firstly uh, revealing the energy, then Hashem Berech, God blesses him with energy from above, which is revealing, as he said, that the blessing that comes through our work um, is the, the revelation of the hidden thoughts, but that comes specifically once we do the work, then we then that comes from above, and then it's type of revelation like that, and then through the Birurim, through his work in Birurim, which is the refinements of the world, reveals even the, the final thing, Hishlita B'yetzre. Medjur says that Pairach Bakel is Hishlita B'yetzre, which means the end of the battle, the finish of the Birurim. So it's a big, it's a big accomplishment, even though the question he asked was, well, didn't he go through 10 Hishanis already, 10 tests? So it's not just that he governs the Yetzirah. That obviously Avram had. But the conclusion of that, that he won't have to have any more war, the highest level of revealing, which comes from the core essence of the ten hidden spheres, that's the third thing. And now we're going to continue. I'm going to go even further. That Atzillus tells even a deeper story than that. Even deeper than the ten hidden spheres. Basically, he's going to tell us that he reveals also that which is beyond the ten hidden spheres, the Bleakville. So, literally climbing... The latter here. So the Eilat tells this Yitzchak. We're up to chapter Kuf Tzadik Aleph one ninety one. I'm sorry, page Kuf Tzadik Aleph is going to be chapter ninety nine. Yeah, the Eilat says Shabbos Parashat tells this Tafresh Tafresh Ayin Gimel Terag. He writes it out Terag like like Adye Shag Milayir. Terag is weaving. Well, weaving, right? Right, that's right. Erig, but Erig is an Aleph, I think. I think it's more like yeah, 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 Tarik. I see all of them are Tafesh Ayin Reish Yimo, and I believe by Terav is also not Tirav because we don't use the negative Tirav is like also for a famine Rav, so here is Terav, which is out of sweet, yeah. yeah. The Eil tells Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram hailed as Yitzchak. These are their offspring, children, fruit of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. And then he continues, it says that Yitzchak gave birth to the, to the birth of, uh, it's going to be the birth of Yaakov and Esav. V'hikshem aramah mesha'alshech. And the mesha'alshech, the alshech, in his uh, sefer. I think it's called. Yeah. Huh? No, Ramosha Al Sheikh. No, Hikshamara Mashakosov, the Ayla Bavov. And he asks 
from the Ramah, you ask the question, what it says, ve'ela bevav, what's the ve'ela? And these are the offspring, the children. Shomer Azal kol ela peisla sadashenim. Wherever it says ela, the Azal say, without a vav, it's like a new thing. Peisla sadashenim, meaning a new, new chapter is beginning. When it says ve'ela, is meisla sadashenim. When you say ve'ela, like ve'ela mishpatim. Ma, hey misinai. Also, this is misinai. It's coming to teach you that it's a continuation. It's a continuation of the beginnings, of the first. So what's Vela tell us here? What was said earlier, the end of last Pasha, was the story of the lineage, the, 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 the pedigree of Yishmael, the children of Yishmael. That says the, the last Pasha. So what's the Vela that he's adding to that? That's like we have the children of Yishmael, here are also the children of Yitzchok. Here in Rashi Pirish, Rashi explains, tell the Yitzchok, Yankov, Esav HaMurim B'Pasha. Tell the Yitzchok. What does it mean? Rashi says, Yaakov, Esav HaMurim B'Pasha. Referring to Yaakov and Esav, that's discussed in the Pasha. Because it doesn't say right away in the Pasha. When it says, Ve'el tell the Yitzchok, Ben Avram, Avram held the Yitzchok, then it goes, the Yitzchok was Arboim Shana, and then they prayed for children. Doesn't, like he doesn't say, he'll tell this and right away. So Rashi says, Bapashtas, he says, what's a tell this? It's not right here. He's telling the that you'll know in a few verses. Tell us that this chapter, that this verse is the beginning of a whole chapter. It's not just the next sentence. And according to Rashi, we can say, when it says, with a vav, that that's the uh, continuation. That's the segue. That here we just spoke about the children of Yishmael. So according to Rashi, Ve'ela tells us, it's called, what is it talking about? Yaakov Esav. That's focusing on Esav. Ach makal mokim lomen nemer ve'ela shemesav l'rashenim. I'm sorry. Ach ain't a moving, right? Oh. Ach ain't a moving, however, it's not understood. Lomen nemer ve'ela shemesav l'rashenim. Bishvil... Okay, you still have to understand what's the mesif, what's the addition. It's like something, like 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 you're adding something of value. When you're talking about Esav, it seems more fitting, more appropriate to say Ela that Pesel that he's like he negates the ones before him. Oh, well, one second. In other words, if we just say Esav Hamurim B'Pasha, fine. But since it's saying Yaakov Esav, so it seems more appropriate to defer and not refer to... Uh, I think he's saying two things actually. In other words, since Yasef is here, Yaakov is here rather, In other words, if Yaakov for sure doesn't fit to save the Ela, because it doesn't flow from Yishmael. Esav, fine. But the language here is a bit, like I think he's saying like almost two things. If it was Esav, yeah, it would be more, first of all, from Esav's point of view, it would be better to say Pesel. Why is Esav a, a, continu- a continuation of, Yaak- of um, Yishmael? No. Oh, no, 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 you're right, right now, my mistake. Yes. 
According to Rashi, Esav, fine. But since it says Esav Yaakov, it seems more to defer when it says Esav Yaakov. Instead of focusing on Esav, that he's a continuation of Yishmael, is to focus, it's better to say in order for Yaakov's benefit, because that's a greater, a greater virtue, a greater, uh, a greater, um, compliment. Shvach. <clears throat> Yeah, so it's a shvach yesed, because Yaakov is a greater shvach. In other words, to focus on Esau being continuation of Yishmael is not such a great virtue as saying that Yaakov is a new, a new beginning. Yeah. You have to understand, seeming redundancy, it says Avram gave birth to Isaac. After he just said, Yitzhak, the son of Avram, what Allah Makfar, careful, aid Avram Halid. What does he repeat? That Avram gave birth to him. God made him move, and we also don't, it's also not understood, Ben Avram, Why altogether do we have to bring that he's the son of Avram? Why not just say, tell this Yitzhak, and continue? Why doesn't he just say the children of Yitzhak's time? Commission Emma, Ela tell this Yaakov. Like we read later. These are the children of Yaakov. And then again, So both, number one, the double, in general, why do you have to say it's one of Ram? And and then not only that, you repeat it the second time. To understand this, so we need to preface what we learned earlier. In the meaning of Svira from the word story and narrative. Like this, this heavens tell the story of God's glory, God's honor. These are the words of the Rabbeinu Shemtev in the Pardis. Just like Dibur and Mikhtev, meaning speech and writing. Like a written word, Mikhtev, like a letter. For example, Megillah Zestah, like in a, a Geras, a letter. They reveal the, con- thing, the things that are concealed in thought. Same, the heavens indicate and tell us about, uh, indicate on God. This is, this is literally the language from Rabbi And so too, the spheres reveal the hidden thoughts. What is hidden thoughts? That was the whole discussion of the last Maimer. That through the ten spheres, being that they're not something new, they're revealing the concealed, something that was there, that there was concealed. Explain that through them, through these ten spheres, which reveal the concealed, through them is transmitted the revelation of the divine in this world. If you recall the whole discussion, how without Atzilis you don't have revelation, you don't have awareness. So first thing is that they reveal existence in the world, as we spoke. That's number one. Number two, that they reveal even the hidden thoughts that are the ten hidden spheres. And we explained in this itself, in revealing the hidden spheres, there's two levels. The core of the ten spheres. And their transmission, Shaniklam Shachan Alamas. 
That's already a hidden transmission. Shuhu Mokar Hasfiris. That already is in the category of the, the source of the spheres. So you have the spheres, you have their source, Machshachan Elamis, that's the transmission from the ten spheres, and you have the core. And it was explained that the energies and lights of the ten spheres, they reveal the source of the spheres. Through conscious wisdom, we know the existence of unconscious wisdom, concealed wisdom. That's the first level. And there's also revelations from that unconscious, like the knowing, the knowledge of secrets of the Torah. And that's the third thing that also reveals the atzim is the core. So very clear summary of the whole picture. I do want to say one, two things for Bali Nigla that I was uh, looking to Chigiga, and actually the whole sugi Chigiga, I think you could really take the Rebbe Rashab and give a whole havon and the whole sugi there. Because first of all, huh? no, 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 no. I'm talking now about Chigiga the Mishnah, Chacham maybe in Medayte. Because the Gemara, because he doesn't bring the words, but the Gemara there, when he starts talking, there's a whole, there's different opinions. You know, because what it means Chacham Mevi Medaite? If he's a Chacham Mevi Medaite, then he doesn't have to learn it. So why do you have to tell him a Remus? He speaks about that there. So they speak about, you know, they give uh, Roshay Prokim. In the Gemara, if you die from later, they talk Roshay Prokim. And also, you maybe Medavim Metechdavim is brought there. In other words, the whole idea of a person, what he understands on his own, what you have to get him going, I think can be very much clarified by the, the, the Rebbe Rashab's discussion on, on which I'm just mentioning that. Another thing I noticed there, that he brings there, um, when he brings about Chacham Ev Medaiti, so he says that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, he, that you give it only to Av Bezdin, the Gemara says. And then there's another Manda Omer that says, and to Misha You give the secrets of Teir, to Misha Libedeg, means someone who's, who really is bothered by it. So I'm just thinking, that is similar to Birudim. That the secrets of the Tehidi you give in general. At the bottom here he said that Birudim bring the Seyedis HaTehidi that will be lost love. Why? Because Birudim is through questions and through challenge. And Misha Libedegbekirbe is very similar to that idea, the exertion that comes, that brings deeper secrets. Anyway, just throwing that in for those that know the Gemara. Fine. Doesn't matter, but Doig is a Fine, but there's a uh, there's a daiga there. It's not just it's a special level. He says there, there's those that hold that if you don't have daiga kibri, you, you can't get the sedus. There's different meanings in daiga daiga kibri. That he's afraid. That he's worried that he didn't do the mitzvah properly. Okay, fine. Yeah, but but either way, it's a it's daig. It has to bother him. It means it's more than just regular sitting down and learning. He has a certain Something's crutched. Okay, we continue here, page Kuf Tzadikalv, now chapter 99. So that's what we learned till now. I'll explain the Pardis, Abed Shemtev, and Smagala, the Sadis. But if you remember, let's go back in the beginning of the language, after he brought the Rabbein Shemtev, that it reveals the hidden secrets. You remember the Pardis said on that, Shasfidis Mesapis Magbilis as Habilti Mugbo. Ah, that is now final step here. So besides, all this that we said is not built in Mugbal. You're talking the source for the faculties which go all the way to the core 
of the ten hidden spheres. So now he says, And now, besides that, that the ten spheres reveal their root and their source, these are the hidden... Root is usually more distant than a source. But it doesn't, he's not distinguishing it here. I'm saying, but he's not distinguishing in, in explaining the distinction, that's all I'm saying. He just mentions. In this context, he's bringing it as one. What he said specifically was you can't call the, the core faculties a source. Can you call them a root? Maybe. But he hasn't really used the word root there either. Because they're really not even a root and a source. But anyway, they're also similar to Ila and Siba. So addition, besides the fact that it reveals the root and source in the hidden thoughts, Aidzeis, additionally, Shatzilis Megalas becomes the Sef Abligvul. Shatzilis also reveals the infinite divine light. And just even without going further, we learned this specifically. If you recall, the ten hidden spheres is already the root for the ten spheres. Ten, ten hidden spheres. They're not a number yet. They're not defined. They're all one. But there is something that the artist, who had infinite possibilities, envisioned ten. A structure of ten. But we know there's a level before that, which is, which is believable. There could have been spheres and cats. And unlimited spheres. So he's saying now, Silas also reveals that. This is the Indian, this is the meaning of a Shemaim, that's the heavens tell us the story of the honor, COVID, or the glory of Akel, of God. That the lower heavens, that the lower heavens relate and reveal the divine. What, what, what are they revealing? They're revealing the level of the infinite divine light. How do we derive this from this Poskashmaim Sapram? So he says, the Hini Bitarigam Janison, or Tagam Yerushalmi, not sure, probably Tagam Janison. Kosovalzeh, he writes on this Posuk, Ashmaim Sapram, so we know this Targum Unculus, and this Targum Janison, and this Targum Yerushalmi, these three Targumim, the three main Aramaic translations. The one that we're most popular, obviously, is Unculus. The other Targum are usually longer. They actually give a lot more. Even Unkelis, his interpretation of, you know, Rashi brings constantly, gives us not just a translation, sometimes gives us a clarification. So those Targum there, it's even more elaborate. So they, what does he say, right? Then to, by looking into heaven, so he says, they say, see, the apostle doesn't say Mistaklin, it says Mishapin. But he says, Mistaklin Bishmaya, when you look, Mishtoyin Bikoda Hashem. You, um, Mishtoyin, you, uh, I think Mishtoin from the words. Like, like, like Tainuk? No, no, not Mishtoin. No, no, I think Mishtoin is from the words. Uh, wandering or, or awareness. Like Mishtoin is more like. Um, this is Shinoin. This is more like speech. Huh? What, what's the root of Shinoin? Mishtoin be called Hashem. It's more like an awareness, I think. Mishtoin is like you know you're a Mishtoin, you uh, become like you uh, even. Uh, Mishtoin, you know, Mishtoin began to, it's more like uh, even strolling. It's like walking in 
Sometimes that's what the expression. Maybe that's what it means. Mishtayin. That when you look at the heavens, you're actually like strolling, like taking a. What's the word for it? Like, Mishtayin is used something. Mishtayin begins, begins to begin. He's talking like the tzaddikim are led through. It's like you're traveling through that place. That's what I think it means. Yeah, yeah, but the expression. Mishtayin bi'kara d'Hashem. Bi'kara is you know the Hebrew is yakara, which is his beauty. Hashem. For who can and that's the Indian like Su Morimechem. You see, Mashaimai Mesapnim doesn't yet have it just as the heavens tell us. This has the Mistaklim, so that's like Su Morimechem. Lift your eyes to heaven, to above. Vurumi Bara'ela, see who created you. This was discussed earlier. Remember, this was the whole thing with Swar Shamayim, with the numbers. He was talking about when we look at this we see the divine in in the in the Kyum Hamin Kima Ish. Of the stars. Minus Mispad Yeah. It's like it's like taking a yeah, it's like getting a uh uh sightseeing tour, yeah. Like we learned earlier. Because why why when you look in heaven do you see something? Why not look on earth? Because when you look up there you see something beyond existence. That's what he's leading to. When you look at Earth, you'll you come to learn that there is the like everything you said till now that there's a galakus invelt, but the bligvul part that there's something beyond existence is by looking into heaven. Because when you look in heaven, you see the keichensef. You discussed it earlier. You see, for example, that the stars, the celestial bodies, that they don't ever um, weaken. Two things, both in what they kayomim beish that they they uh, are sustained as individuals. Each star doesn't die; each star lives on. Each celestial body, bli have said this klal, without any diminishment, without any weakening. This comes only from the power of ensef. This has to be a power. It cannot come from its own power. It can't come from a gvul power. When you throw a stone. The stone weakens and weakens until it falls. That means it's not kaychensef. Yeah. We discussed this at length. Zezog was Zezog. Listen, listen. They also said twenty, thirty years ago that by the year two thousand there won't be enough food, and the, the, world, the world will be will be destroyed. Um, First of all, who says that they know what they're saying? It's estimations based. Remember, their premise is that nothing in the world is forever. There's no God. So obviously it has to be eroding. Of course, that's all that. Forget, you can bring a proof from them. Because if you use Seichel Hanushi alone, there's no way that this is standing strong. The Tater says it's not that way. Tater says if it will, after 6,000 years, because Hashem gave it that power for that, but it doesn't. You know, even they say that before it diminishes, it's going to become a lot stronger. By the way, and not not over in a minute, over the millions of years, that will be a lot stronger before it gets weaker. But however you twist it, uh, look, look. Why does the human race exist? Let's not talk Let's talk What are the odds that human beings should be alive today? We, you know, no nuclear, no earthquakes, and this, 
No matter what happened in history, the plagues, we still are here. So that you, can, you can give it all kinds of scientific explanations. I'm not saying you can, pro- you can prove God exists. You know, if someone doesn't want to believe in God, we have, we live in an agnostic world. God concealed himself well enough for that. He took care of that part. But if you want to have an explanation, a rational explanation, why Jews are here and certain things, rational, you know, the odds are, if you ask, as they call the anthropic principle, that the entire existence seems to be conducive for life on this earth. All you need is one little twist, the sun, a few hundred miles closer, not even, a few, even less, a few hundred miles more distant. The twists and turns, the things that you need for life to be. What do you need? 75 trillion cells for a healthy child to be born. So, obviously someone can make an argument, you know what, I have another explanation. But we have an explanation. You know, I mean, this is not about, as you see, the Torah starts with Bereshit's Baruch Hakim, doesn't start, let me prove to you why God exists. It's a given. Either you accept it or you don't accept it. Now, it's not given purely by faith. It's given because, take away Yetzirah, take away personal interest. It's far more logical that there's a creator than there's no. 100%, because it's far more logical there's an author of a book than there's not. What kind of creator am I getting now? Whether he gave us a Torah, we have to do this mitzvah, Fine, that needs already more. But take away any personal interest, and let's not kid ourselves. Again, it doesn't mean we, 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 we feel responsible every second, you know, that we're gonna do everything, but pure logic. I've always wondered this, I wrote this once in a long article, I wrote an article about, I said that religious people are fundamentalists and don't use their seichel, that, that we've seen. So you can blame them that they're just fanatics, they're born to it, and they just believe, and it doesn't matter, whatever you say will not change them. But a scientist is supposed to be a basechel, and he's supposed to be open-minded. What's the first rule in in any type of academic presentation? We have to be full disclosure. You have to tell us your biases. If, for example, you are being paid a million dollars by the pharmaceutical companies to tell, say that this thing is this, you have to say it, and then you could say, "I've been paid." So, nevertheless, I still come to the conclusion. Let everybody then decide whether they trust you. Yeah. But, but let's go like this. I, so I wrote like this. So scientists, the first thing you should say is, I have personal interest if God doesn't exist. Then I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not enough to do anything. I'm not responsible. So therefore, I don't know if my objectivity is complete. When I look for this, I'm looking, I always, and I said, so a scientist has to be much more honest. And if a scientist doesn't do that, then they're far worse than a religious. A religious person is not claiming to begin with science and so-called rationality. These are beliefs. But then, when I wrote the article, one person sent me, actually a rabbi, he sent me the only time that Aldous Huxley, who was a great thinker and scientist, Aldous Huxley, yeah, Brave New World, and an LSD proponent only for the elite. Yeah, 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 in the 60s. Yeah, smart guy. But he writes, I have it, it's unbelievable, it's the only time I ever saw, he writes like this, I am invested that there is no God, because then I have sexual freedom, and I can do whatever I like. And now, that's my whole life is built on building a case for what my interest is. He opens that, I respect that. Yeah, that I have no problem with, okay? Fine. Absolutely, that's that. That's what bias is. Everybody has it. That's why we say mechanical Jews. When, we, when, we, when a film person makes a case for God, is this coming because you like really did a real research, or because you, that's what your position is, and then you find ways to justify it? I'm not saying something wrong, but you have to be honest with yourself. You know, I'm under myself. I grew up in this. I, I, I like everybody. I was taught Maidani and Neglavasa. I went to Yeshiva. They programmed me like we were all indoctrinated. So then you come of age, and you start wondering how much of it is 
you know, given to you, how much is yours? You know, ultimately, you can't fully answer because nobody comes with a clean slate. We all are born to parents that are going to give us something. If I was born in the street, I would also have biases. If I was born to atheistic parents, I'd have bias. So that's a, that's a ridiculous statement because all of us, no matter what. But an honest person at least looks at it and doesn't just say, you know what, because I, I was given it, that means it's absolute truth and, and, and I have it. I know other people feel they have absolute truth because their parents told them that. So the question is, can you, once you were given this on a platter, can you own it? Can you study it and learn it and feel comfortable? You know, frankly, if I, I and I, know, I don't know what would have happened. If I had thought that Judaism was repulsive to me, you know, maybe I would have not been embraced it. I don't care, how, even if I was indoctrinated. I, I didn't find it. I found that it was a very legitimate system. I'm talking about purely from Seichel. So in addition to what was given to you, and so on. I'm talking now from a skeptic's point of view. Obviously, some people just have natural amuna, which I, you know, God bless them, and they don't, have, they never have questions. But I'm not one of them. I have questions, but I'm honest. I, you know, I'm honest. I, I, you know, I'm the first. When I, when people interview me, let's say, and they say, I say, look, I was born into this. I cannot tell you I went on a search for 80 years looking for every system, and this I found. This is the best. But I cannot. I also cannot tell you that I haven't read and I've seen and I've compared, and I still feel that Judaism is, uh, you know, it's for me. I'm proud enough to say that this is, I, I, you know, I can embrace it and feel proud about it. Yeah, absolute truth is the domain of absolute and create creature, creatures. I'm not one of absolute creatures. I will tell you, the Taylor does believe it's absolute. You know, that's how I would put it. That's how I speak, you know, so-called. But many people are very threatened by words like that because it sounds like, one second, we, we, we believe 100%. I have no doubt that there are people that do, and I'm sure that a part of my divine soul also believes completely. And, and even when I don't feel so much like that, I still made a commitment. Your commitment, the commitment keeps you going, you know. Anyway, the point I want to make here is that, like I said many times, that, that the people who go to the other extreme and say the Rebbe's letters, or all the arguments against science, that the Rebbe's trying to prove scientifically that the world is 5,773 is ridiculous. He's not trying to prove science. First of all, the Rebbe's not coming from science. He's not trying to prove things from science. The Rebbe's a Taylor match. Taylor says, that's all that matters. If you tell me science contradicts it, I question either science or your, or your understanding of the science and so on, or maybe understanding of the Taylor. That's the point. Because we have already an axiom, which is the Taylor Zemis. That's for sure. There can be something that contradicts. God cannot contradict himself, basically. That's the point. So same thing here. You mean, you could go, if you don't use Taylor and God, you could explain that you may, you may have to, you know, go like this all around and around to explain how the Kima Ish, how people survived everything or through it all. You could explain that or their own way. But, a Taylor way also gives a very simple explanation that God created the world and gave it a certain eternal power. Look, as we know, as, as long as it's within the context of halacha, people can, uh, you know, people have different approaches. Look, you have in this form the books like Mer Nevuchim, the Kuzri, Amunas Videis, uh, Ikrim, Chirus Lovavis. You know, these are books. If you're born into it, doesn't mean this is the only way. No, but first of all, the question is whether the whole thing is true. Then the question, which path? That's another story. I was talking about the whole thing. Forget about which path. Yeah. Look, I, I, one of the things that bothered me so much was because I saw so many people around me that I knew were mechanical. There was no question in my mind. They weren't even thinking. So for me, the question was, was anybody not like that? You know? I won't tell you my, what I found my answer. <laughs> 
No, I found out that, that I read it only one thing for me, for my own peace of mind. That in every generation if there's one that gets it, like one chokhum may me is gonna from here. I don't need that. I understand the masses in general are not are conformists. That that that, that doesn't that's that's a reality in every society, in every community. But you want to know whether, like you know, like people say, Chabad so great. You got your scum, and we got our scum. Everybody's got their uh, low lives. So I say, yeah, but let's go to the top, the best of this system and the best of that system. That's where you look. You don't look at the bottom. The bottom, of course, is, is, you know, we all have uh, our challenges and so on. The best would be that would be where you see that the system has something to offer. Anyway, huh? Yeah. I would say this. It's true with Chal every society like that. Now the question is, why is it not spilling over from the top and like this? That's another thing because people are people, and, and, and I'm not going to defend people are people. First of all, there's levels in the Buddhist too. Okay, don't call. Could be true. Anyway, it's not for now. It's a whole other discussion. But I will tell you this: what you get in a, what you get, what one thing you for sure, every child in the Chabad community knows. Maybe they have nothing else, but they know. If you ask them, what's the purpose of existence? They know. They may not know anything else about about the world, about Judaism, and a lot of other communities. They may know Kula, They can't answer why we're here. Besides that, it's a reward for the world to come. So there are certain things that, uh, you know, you really want to have both, Giluim and the Etzim, so to speak. But that's not, I'm not here to pull rank. I'm, I was talking more general. The point I want to make here is that we definitely have an explanation from a Taylor point of view. So he says like this. So we see the Keich Ensef. From Chizmar That we see that they are uh, perpetuate um, individually without any weakening. That's only possible Keich Ensef. If you throw a stone, as I said, you'll see the weakness. If something goes on and on and on, it testifies there's some power in here that's imposing itself that's more than gvul. When did the Rambam, heavenly bodies have, have, have uh, an intelligence and, uh, and, and, and uh, they rank between uh, humans and, and malachim. And, and, and so what we see with, with the heavenly body is only uh, an external aspect of what they are. And we can't even make an inference if we see a star that's turning one color or another color. It, it doesn't, you know, just like a, a malach, we, we don't, you know, it, sometimes it can manifest itself physically, sometimes not. So it, it shouldn't be a stereo. The whole problem about uh, a decaying universe. I think it's more simple than that. I don't think you have to rely on malachim. It's just on the mere fact, the mere fact of the preservation. Look, I, I said again, let's talk in broader terms. Let's not talk about the star, is it getting stronger or weaker. Existence, that is here, that's, that, that, that it could, so many odds that it could have been destroyed by an asteroid, by this, by that. That, that in itself is a testimony to some type of power that's keeping. Obviously he's talking more specifically about a Kirchin, so that's keeping, but, like we learned before chapter 87, and explained elsewhere at length. Three thirty-three. So we this That's first, the first thing. from the Kemer. Hein ma'as modes ha'pu'ula shalehem, ma'as shasevim tamid bli hefsek. 
So number one, that the fact that each individual entity does not weaken and continues chazakim kiyemi bottom. They're strong as the day they were created. And also asmodas apulashan, that they continue to continuously function and continuously to uh, orbit. Blihevsik. So in other words, he's talking both their individual existence, kiyum, and also their function. Like what causes them to continuously turn? So scientists will tell you the power of gravity, etc., etc. And uh, from the Torah point of view, it's because there's a kayach, it's not from their own power. Even if it's the power of gravity, who gives the power of gravity? Why is the power of gravity weakened? That, you understand? Well, so if you, like for example, in our world, you take two physical things and you turn one thing another, at some point it's going to wear, it's going to run out of fuel. It's going to run out of energy. So there's no question there's an enormous energy. Even a scientist I once spoke to, I said to him, so I said to him, how much fuel is there in the sun? So he said to me, we also believe it's not just fuel, it's creating fuel. Because if it's just fuel, fuel runs out. The biggest machine runs out. But if, but there's, but if there's constant uh, nuclear uh, reactions, it means it's like, so I said, but that means that a thing is creating, like imagine you have a stove that just creates its own reactions forever, a car that refuels itself. It doesn't exist such a thing. You know? So you have to say, however you twist it, you have to say something is giving you that type of, what created it in a way, that gives, even if you want to say that God, that, that God maybe not right now is not like lighting a match, but He definitely put in their systems that will continuously burn and reignite, which is an interesting thing, because there's nothing like that. You know, we create a computer, you create a machine, you have to create, it doesn't have, nothing has perpetual power, because something can live a long time. Okay. Because a Balgvul, a finite entity, and finite here doesn't just mean finite as in it's five feet or two inches or whatever it is. Finite means it's finite, but also its its power is finite. It cannot yasmit bitmidus, that is continuously how do you say perpetuate, perpetual um function on its own, you have to say it will ultimately rest. It will ultimately come to a stop. And when we see the galgalim, the wheels, literally, or you can say the spheres, the, the spheres, you know, there's the Taz galgalim, there's the nine, as the Rambam says, it's like basically nine spheres that are turning. But however you understand it, the turning of the, of these, of the, there is definitely turning going on, of the celestial heavens, Shemesavim and Tomid, that are continuously turning, without any pause, that indicates that it's coming from the power of Einsef. Because why, how would a turn continue again without stop? No, it won't. It'll just float more, but uh, it doesn't, the, the power is going to stop. It'll just flow because no gravity. But that, that's not because, because uh, there's nothing that's resisting. But that's a different story. That's not. Yeah, that, that you throw a stone and it's going to go like this, like this for, for thousands of years? No way. No, no. If you throw a stone up, it'll end up floating somewhere. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be like an asteroid, like many particles up there. We're not even talking about the kivun that it's exactly the right distance and and, and this, you know and, and day and night. We're not even getting into the. 
that. We're just looking. Uh, Okay. Here we go. He asked this earlier also, I think. He asked this earlier in Pedic Zion, he didn't? Well, Chassidus for sure talked about it. I think I'm almost sure he did. Briefly. Pedic Zion. Right, it was right here, right here. Mr. Bishami. Okay, he may not find. I'm just. I think. He, I, I, for some reason, I thought he did. He said something that was in that regard. Okay, maybe. And by the way, by the way, if I recall, okay. Masha, uh, okay, let's continue here. The question is, Vagam Shashivurak Bishit Al and even though this orbit, or this turning, the surround, is only for 6,000 years, Bimkin Harizabag Bola. Yeah, so then it's Agbola, it's not forever. So 6,000 years. Ian who. Right, you could say it's a limited. It's just a strong one. Fine, we don't have the strength. This is stronger. In other what he's going to basically say, I'm just a, is that we're talking about qualitative so-called infinity. What does that mean? Is like this: when you see it right now, it's not like weakening day to day. When it's going to stop after six thousand years, it's going to stop because the same reason that caused it to begin is going to end. God wants it to stop. But the way he invests in it is as if it would go forever. That's the point. Because, uh, like for example, we say, Kayomen is by human being, Kayomen rather. We're not species, but you see a child, Tinuk Mishanel, as soon as he's born, he's beginning to weaken. Right. And, and you age. And then the person dies. So here's what he says. So, the perpetuation of its function, of its movement, is that the movement, that the, it's, it's the perpetuation of its function, is that its movement, is with a, 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 an infinite power, an eternal power. There's nothing that compels it to stop. It has in it such a power that there's nothing that you, that, that, that's recognizable that will, uh, that, that compels it to stop. So when you see it, it seems infinite power. And, when, and that which will, will stop after 6,000 years, that's because the desire of, the, of God, the Creator, is that it should stop then. But the actual, their actual orbit, their actual movement, is such that doesn't, doesn't, no, no way does it have to stop. It doesn't have in it anything that really stops. It, it's, it, it has that infinite type of power. And at, at that point, it, it appears, it uh, can be forever. 
That's about the movement. Now let's go back to the first thing that he said. The head that I've said, the lack, the lack of weakening. How can you prove that, that there's head that I've said? I'm not saying from science, I'm just saying, you know, he's, he's making a statement. He says, Chazokim kiyem hi That's the words. Okay, I don't understand, but I have to say this means that... Chazokim kiyem hi means that it's as strong as if it was when they was created. It means there's nothing. And they're getting smaller in size. I mean, that's... Or weaker. Well, the sun is getting weaker. Weaker, let's say we see that it doesn't get weaker. But how? He's making a statement that there's no way to say this. The proof is definitely from what the Pesukim. There's no question. It's not like he was observation. You know, because uh, observation, you can, what do we see? You know, but no, it's clearly it's from the Pesukim, the Yerushalmi, the Chazak Kiyomi bottom, and everybody explains it as such. There's no two opinions on that matter. That it means that that they have this type of uh, perpetual look. Some of the skeptics who learn this, they say this is medieval science. It's not really modern science. Uh, I, I've seen some articles about it. I'm not going to go into here right now because. It's not really the, the, the point. Uh, there are many ways to explain, as I said. Even if you want to explain that... Uh, that um, the next two lines, I'll just read I'll see that. I just said, like, the sun has definitely perpetual powers in it. You want to attribute to God? Fine. Some attribute, they call it nature, you know? They call nature everything that doesn't make sense. But the point is, there definitely, there's definitely, as I said, I, I gave the simple example. The fact that their existence is so is alive as it is right now, it's clearly the indicator of, of a plan. But that's not what he's saying here. He is, he is saying that when you look in Shemayim, you know, I'll give you another example. Some people, I remember with myself, you stand in the ocean all night, you definitely get a sense of infinity. Because you see the, 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 it never rests. Everything in this world weakens. The ocean's ferocity and its sheer consistency. So of course, logically you could say, okay, will these waves still be here 6,000 years from now? But you know, the oceans, are not, the oceans are as powerful as they've ever been. And look what just happened here, Hurricane Sandy. With all our technologies, uh, you know, nature comes and does its thing, and it's going to, you know, and, 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 and it'll happen again. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Right. My point that I'm trying to say is that, that yeah, so to, as far as the Sumodemeinechem goes, that's not that, that scientific. When I look at this, I see something that is not me, which is Gvul. We're weak. We weaken. We have our ups and downs. The Tzvar Shemayim were created to give us a taste. That's really what it comes down, a taste of Ensev. You want to get it technically, is it Mamish Ensev or not? Like he's saying clearly that the Ensev is coming from outside of it. It's giving us a taste of an Ensev power, that creation on its own. Let's put it this way. If you never saw the heavens or the oceans, you just saw people, you would never know that there's that type of Perpetuation. Then suddenly you look and you study that, which is maybe what Avram, even though he did conclude that that's not God, but but he definitely learned from it. So Tzvar Shemaim is teaching us a taste of Einsev because it's just like us. The sun and moon are no different than a stone here. Why do they have that type of power? So of course, if you're as I said, a scientist that's invested in no God, you can give explanations. But go uh, call the Poshet Milutfe. You know, a simple approach. You have here. Look up into heaven. You see a certain awesome infinity. That's the bottom line. You see, even that the fact that the universe is so large, doesn't mention that here either. You see things that are giving you a... a, a, a Let's not forget that's the bottom line here. To go start making an airtight case, of course you can sit and argue. But ask a child, what do you see? So I'll say it will be in awe. 
So, so an adult is going to come and say, don't be so much annoyed. Remember, the sun is made up of fuel and it's dying and so on. But it's not the experience that you have. I'm not trying to be poetic, but I'm also not trying to be scientific. I think it's somewhere in between where you have to realize, he's making a case that gvul is gvul, and here we have something that seems to be going on and on. So you have to say that it has some type of perpetual power that's unsafe. Can you argue about it? Of course you could argue. I, you know, I, don't, that, I don't know if that's where he's going here. What's an argument on this? I mean... <clears throat> when it says because the rot's not baited. But while it's there, it's acting as if it's eternal. I'll give you another t- example which I use, but this is not what he says here, so I don't, I don't want to use it here, but I'll just, a completely distant example. Do you feel that you have a beginning, you, me, in your life, the beginning that began, let's say, 40, 50, 60 years ago, or whatever age you are, and that will end at a certain point, and you feel like you're like, you know, Here's my beginning, here's my end. I come from my mother and my father. We don't feel like that. A person feels, when someone says, what does it feel to be alive? It feels like I will always be alive, and I always was alive. You don't feel a type of like energy, you know, like, oh, it's about to end. There's a certain eternity. Now, that feeling, is where, where does that come from? Is that an illusion? No. I, I've never heard anybody say that. Maybe when it, I'm talking right now, you're sitting at this table. You feel anything's ending or anything began? You never feel that way. I'm not talking. You're talking now. You're going to bring me an exception of someone that's about to die and says, "I know I'm going to die." I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about even most people walking on earth right now. Probably, then. probably then as well. Right, right. 100%. Their logic tells them. Their logic tells them. But anyway, the feeling of this type of feeling feels like we are super, super. super we, we are um, forever. Now, Chassidus says that that comes also because we get we have a certain divine element that gives us that sense. Even though we know with Seichel that's not that way. Every person dies, etc., etc. And saying it's not exactly what he's saying. I just wanted to. Get. So anyway, so But the actual movement, as we see it, as we experience it, is, it could have been bigvul. Goes back to the other thing, not just their sieve of their movement, but the actual thing that they do not get diminished. It means that they don't get at all diminished. Because something that is weakening, even while it's existing, it's weakening. You know, maybe the dogma that Chassidus brings, I don't know if he brings it here, from Mayim Chaim. So what's Mayim Chaim? You know, live waters where you need for certain impurities. You can't use a mikveh which is still water. You need to have a live source. What's a live source? And he called Mayim Chaim. Mayim Shalem, you know, not Mayim Shalem, Mayim Chaim. So it says, the Mishnah says that it means a river or spring that does not dry up within seven years. Once seven years, seven years, a pitayra is considered to be like a chazaka, so to speak, forever. And what happens if it dries up the eighth year? I just thought that it, huh? Even if it dries up the eighth year, that means that it's still considered. Yeah. Why? Because seven, the Torah was kaveya is chai. My point of the matter is, whereas something is less than seven, doesn't mean that after seven years it dies. It means now you can't use it. Because you could argue, you know what? Meanwhile, it's running. Why are you worried whether it's going to be alive in seven years from now? Right now, it's alive. It's not still water. No. It's an example to show that the same thing. Well, because if something is seven years, it means, even though in a thousand, at some point everything, everything's going to dry up. Everything, is, like I said. But it was implanted. God said, this water, call it alive, because I have given it this power to, 
to go on. <clears throat> I don't. I see. It's it's very complicated to talk about it scientifically. It's it's, it's two different. It's a different track completely. Start explaining because I told you. Even with science, you still have to explain what is what what internally is causing it to to have this type of like a, like a, a perpetual power. And I'd love to engage scientists. If anyone's watching, that's a scientist who understands this to explain it. Maybe more. You know, I'm talking what it says here, folks. This. I'm no, by no means an expert in the science of it. So full disclosure. Okay. Okay, so, so, so even besides it's a lot, it's also, and Svomayla is making very clear, and the heavenly bodies, the heavenly army, the celestial army, meaning the soldiers, the celestial bodies, the Svo, they have, the, the, while they exist, they have no weakening at all, no diminishing at all. Hagam shachet shital fishnin yifsedu. Even though, and, and even though after six thousand years they will weaken, he's really elaborating here. Kmoish kosher shemayim kooshon nimlochu nimlochu means that the heavens will like like smoke will just uh, like uh, dissipate. That's nimlochu, right? Yeah. In the seventh year, is that true? With the, with the, with the, how did in the seventh year, uh, same parallel in the seventh year? Yeah, right. One second. How did the Bakim Gufa in a day make you shall shall a nifsid the Kumish shall built in nifsid? Yeah. And he's, he's elaborating more. Okay, so after 6,000 years, yes, they will weaken or diminish. But in the Kiyam Gufa, dissipate. dissipate, right? Um, but the Kiyam Gufa, but in their um, in their existence itself, you can. You can you cannot compare the Kiyam even of these things. Everything that's in the six thousand years is going to be nifsed, is going to be diminished, or dissipate, or weaken. But you still, while while the six thousand years, you cannot compare something that actually erodes, and it's for Shemaim that and they don't. There's an actual difference. So there are things that actually erode and die and age, and and there are things that don't. So you see, there's a clear difference. Even though those things will also, at the will of God, he's trying to point out that there is a distinction. You can't say that it's the same thing, even though they're all. Going that direction. In other words, to compare, for example, celestial bodies and human beings, you can't compare them. Celestial bodies continue, will not die, and will not give birth to new. Uh, and human beings do die. Yeah, but if you're comparing apples to oranges, you have to compare them to stones and, and the earth. Why is it apples and oranges? It's in the world, in existence. There are things that erode and things that don't erode. No, it's Shemayim. No, the point is that in existence, in the same material world that God put into place, that's gvul, there are some things that just continue and there are some things that don't. That's what he's saying. Simple as that. Kamoy came by Sivuv, just like it is therefore also in the, in their, um, kiyo, meaning in their existence and their, when they're being diminished, the same thing by Sivuv in their movement. The way these spheres 
orbit and turn, they're in a form of sivuv nitzchi. They're always turning. Yeah. And that only comes from the infinite power of the Einsef. And then he continues further. And additionally, This is also, according to the Meyer, the house of the earth is not turning. That's the Taylor Shit, yeah. The additional thing that testifies, all this is coming to explain how Hashemayim is Sapim Kvayt Kale. That the heavenly body, heavens, the lower heavens reveal ain't safe. Additionally, there are many, many bodies, and each one has its own particular orbit that's distinguishable one from another. And they're all directed and guided toward one direction and goal. That is not coming from their own intentions. But from like a captain of a ship, from a higher power, have built him a lubish behem that does not manifest that manifest in them. That's the power and the ability of the of the Creator, the blessed Creator. Because the galgalim, these spheres are balidea; they have intelligence. Like the Ram says in the Hilchos say that teira. Being that they have intelligence, so on their own, they could, each one could decide to go in a different direction. He can direct his own orbit. I'm sorry, I correct what I said. And that's why he's able to direct his own orbit, but not the orbit of another. So when you see a whole bunch of forces, each one their own, on their own is on their own, separate from another. What is causing them to all work together, coordinate the synchronicity? Therefore, everything that's directed toward one objective, one matar, one kavana, is not from their own power. It has to be from a power that's outside of them. And that's the power of the of the Creator. Like it says elsewhere. In other words, when you see for example, in a company, many different people, and they're all on their own, working toward one direction, you have to say someone's directing it. It doesn't happen on its own. Which is a, a normal rule, because everyone, everyone on their own has their own agenda. I remember, I remember the language, I'm not sure. He's not saying that they do. It says that it's possible. Let's put it this way: if they have no daya, then for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but even with daya, you could say that because they have daya, they have intelligence. The most they can do is take care of themselves. You know, they can't. It doesn't say they. It doesn't say they do. It says that. They have the ability. I don't think it's the first place it says it. The, it's saying they have bechira. No, it doesn't say that. They're because not, it's not bchir. Bchir is good and evil. I mean, bchir mean. Look, the, the the point is like this. The point you could ask is like this. You could ask, why does he have to bring the derbali deya? Why not just say you have so many different forces, and if it's just random, why don't they crash into each other? 
So you have to say there's a coordinator, there's a choreographer, a conductor, that's telling them all to go in direction. Why is he bringing Balidea? I'd really have to look it up in the Rambam and see the Purim But clearly he's saying with Deya, he's adding, I think he means the opposite. He wants to say with Deya, they have the, the wisdom to know where to go on their own. But they can't tell someone else where to go. So who's telling them all to go? Not that they have the, the, the ability to not go. The wisdom is what directs them. Like, uh, like the, their intelligence tells them to direct. But how can they direct someone else? Like you have intelligence and, and, and you're told, go there. I'm told, go here. But who's telling them all to make sure they coordinate it? That's what it sounds like. Not so much they have the, the ability to not go. No, no, not to not go, but the ability to turn in the other direction. No, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's not the point. The point is that they have the wisdom to know where to go, not necessarily the ability to not go there. But they can't control another. It's like you control your car. You can't control someone else's car. They will go because they were commanded to go that way. I mean, I have to see where the, the source of this but that's... And, and look what it says about this in the Maimon Matzazu from the Rebbe Rashab himself. Yeah, sometimes because he probably elaborates there. So all this comes. So from heavens, the heavens. We see the power of the bligvul. It's interesting to me. You see, I would think he's basically saying that Silas is revealing to us, right? Bligvul, not just esoteric Moses. That means a power that's beyond the finite. Why can't you say this is the power of the infinite in the Esosphere of Sagrosis? Remember, they're coming from the Kechablik. Okay, may he may answer this. Let's not jump the gun. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking ahead a little, which I always say we shouldn't do, right? So I won't do it. No, Medish Tilim probably. Ashmaim Sapin Kvet Kelis Tilim, right? Yeah. Medish Tilim will be Yalkut and Medish Tehillim, which is the Medish on the Pasuk and Yalkut. Isa Apizah. An example of a powerful person that entered a land and they didn't know what his what his power consisted of. So one smart individual said, By seeing a stone because you don't, you don't see him, you don't know what, how powerful he is. By giving him a stone, that he's misgacious, that's misgacious, uh, that he can throw or lift. Misgacious. Different explanations. Misgacious, I think, actually means maybe even to crush. You know, the word, misgacious, uh, any thoughts? Huh? Close. Close means to come close. No, no, that's not here. This is definitely a test. In other words, Yeah, but this is probably Okay, the exact word, we have to find the translation. Yeah, yeah, that's how we'll know. Okay, that from will know. You'll know You'll know his strength. That's how from heavens on we learn what is the power of the Ebrister. In other words, on its own it's hidden. Give him something to express himself or to, to demonstrate and then you'll see the strength. Yeah. Or Pirsim is who 
Kedisha b'mishne pedik bayis dechala. Emes ay bezmasha asfina geishashas. Oh, it does say. What does misgeishas mean? Like it says in the Mishnah, the second chapter in Chala. Emes ay when bezmasha asfina geishashas. By the time, what was it talking there about the, the, the boat and the ship? In other words, so it's already it's already reached the harbor, basically. Yeah. Pirush Aruch shekarkoyis asfina negaz bekarkoyis ayam. The geshashus means that the bottom of the ship has touched the bottom of the sea, meaning where it touches land. Aha. <laughs> Same thing here, Mizgeshashas. What does it mean? Masha Ahmad, who Mizgeshash, Hainu Kechas, Baruch Shanir, Venigla, Limata, Aydashamayim. Aha, that's the Mata. In other words, not Mizgeshash is just how powerful. So, how does it work there with the Gibber? Now, what does he do with that? I know, like this, that when it comes to the uh, with heavy lifting, like in the Olympics, so a person, you know, when they're, they're strongmen, when they do uh, what they call weights. So there's a whole process. They have to first bend, you know, pick it up by their knee, and then go up. So there's a, there's the, the, so the, so the strength is really the hardest part is from the ground up. So it could be maybe that's what he's talking about. You want to really see his strength. Avon Mizgesh is like how he lifts it from the ground. But I, I, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud. But here he's saying, like, so what's the meaning, literally, the Kechaz Baruch that just like the, the ship, Touches Mizgeshashas, Geshashas. So the same thing. The way the Kirchus Baruch Shnir Nigla Mata Aydeh Shemayim. That's the Mata here. How does that work? Right. So in other words, you see how the heavens touch the earth, so to speak. And now the Hum is Geshes. So it says. So let's just say let's just go. The Gibbushim and the Hum is Geshes Bohan. And the Kirchus Agav Avnid the Hum is Geshes Bohan. You see the heavens as they. So I'm just trying to touch it in the words. Okay. How infinity comes to together. So if you want to see how the heavens touch the earth, you have to see the Shamayim, you have to see it how it when it's touching. It's a little abstract interpretation, it's not uh, specific. Is that Shamayim, the Shamayim is the thing that shows you Lamata, okay. That we see the power of God that's recognizable, distinguishable, and revealed below through heavens. Which means that the, the infinite power that is revealed within them, in the heavens. I don't really get it with the, with the ship, but I get it. Mizgesh is basically referring to something that is touching the, uh, the below. So it's God's power that we're seeing, we're seeing below. Oh, heavens by Shah Yeah. How they impact us. But you see, it's not exactly like the muscle. Okay. And we can say, this is what's revealed, that this, this is the meaning of this whole medrash, is that the revelation of the divine unity that you reveal the divine, the unity of God it's unity down below. And that's what means Mehum is Geshish Behem. You want to know the power of the Gibber? You see, you see it in the heaven that he is so called being grounded to. The Pirish, 
Shinagei Bekarka. That it touches the earth, the land. You see, what's bothering me is like this. Till now he's saying, you look up to heaven. It's not about down here. You look up to heaven, you see the infinite power, so you learn what, what okay, that's coming from Kei Now he's saying the Medrash says that you're seeing it from something that touches us. But you're seeing, isn't so, it? So maybe that's the touching, yeah. So it's basically the Gilead. In other words, the fact that God made that we could see on earth Though that awesome power is like the ship that's touching the ground. So it's like that's the Mizgeshish. Yeah. Because it's known, as it's known, what it says, Hashem Echad, Hashem Ma'israel, Hashem Echad, one, not Yochid, oneness. That Kavona, Be'emer Echad, What's the kavana eimer echad? Echad is shagam kameshin is hava elamis harihem echad. Yachid would mean oneness and nothing else. Who yachid? He's all alone. Echad means that even am kamei also the way he created the worlds, he remains one. The vishakulam betelim biyachudi is bara because they're all so they're all sublimated in the divine unity. Shazayin kadam amlichte. That's what it means when kad uh, when when when. When he will rule, the continuation of the lashon there is that it's revealed in the worlds his uh, his his uh, kingship, leadership. Like it's known and explained elsewhere. So, bottom line is that's the that the fact that the Shemayim reveals to Earth the the, the divine. Unity, which is, as he's saying, the Eir Abrikvul. She calls that Nira Bechush B'Shamayim. All this we see, we literally see in heaven. How the Kechensev Pale, that the infinite power effects, impacts. The Hem Betelim Betachlis, and how they are completely subjugated. He didn't say Betelim Betachlis before, except maybe, that's what he meant by the top, that they directed, that they, that they listened to the direction. That in their perpetual function, an orbit, the kavana achas, to one intention, to one objective, we see the infinite power that affects them, and governs them, and leads them, directs them. And how they're completely bottle, how they're completely subjugated to up to the infinite divine light that that governs them according to his will. In other words, we have here a living example, something you could look at and study. It's like the Pasuk, Sumarim You're studying. You study heavens and you have a living example on earth. That's the Mizgeshish. Of, of what the divine is like. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to explain top ton. Top them day like, it's like taking, it's like almost taking the temperature, it's like a top ton. Top means the touch, but you mean deeper, yeah, yeah, but it's like the touch of the ship with the thing, yeah. Fine. Okay, so, Beflat, if you do a deceive of Atman, who be Specifically, according to what it's known, he's going even further. This is a very good heavenly meditation. 
that you see the Siva Vatsman, the actual uh, orbit, who be'ef and achir. Is in a different way. Hainu ma'ayiv lemizuch. It goes from west to east. Vasiris lam lakavonam yuchedes, and the orbit of them, lakavonam yuchedes, to the direct, to the important, to the direction, to the specific direction of bekeich elyon hamisavim manhigam be'ef and kazeh. What's he adding here? What do you mean be'ef and achar? No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh! That's what you mean. Now we're not talking about them now orbiting around this. They're talking about the actual their 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 own uh, their own. Uh, it goes from Mizrach No, I tell you why. Because because the orbit, like the sun goes, it goes goes from Mizrach to Ma'ariv. That's why it's Shkia B'Ma'ariv because it's uh, it's bowing that way. Yeah, but the Siva Vatsman he says is of the Mizrach. From east to west, or east to west to east. In other words, I guess... From west to east is the actual twist. So let's say like this, look like this. Let's say the sun is going here from east to west, but the, how, which way is the sun turning? Is it turning like this or like this? So it's like turning backwards even though it's going this way. It's like, that's what he's saying. That's an observable thing? Not observable because it's all relative, as the Rebbe explains, but uh, that's the way Taylor says it is. In other words... That's what he's saying. He's trying to explain that they all go one direction, but there's a, there's a bigger turn that turns them all the other direction. The Siva Vatsman. Yeah, yeah, okay. Either the Galgal or this, but the bottom line is right. Right, 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 right. But I'm giving an example of it. It would be like that. It would be like... Siva Vatsman. Obey for It's very complicated. It's still going the other way. still synchronizes. They're all going one way. Yeah. Okay, so I, but so as and the cause for them to do go in this direction is because the higher power that is turning them and governing and ruling and uh, leading, directing them in this direction. So we see in this how they are completely subjugated, totally, utterly. To direct them. As, as like according to his will. And that's what means Remember Echad. He didn't mention it yet, but Echad is Aleph, Ches is Zayin Rukim Ve'aretz, and Dal is Ruches. So he says like this. Which is the Ches and Dal. Wasn't that the Dimit saying Yeah, it could be, but he said it now Echad, because he said Hashem Echad, Hashem Yochid. No, 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 he said it right here before, Echad and Yochid. He's basing, he's gracious, he wants to show that it's an earth, it's the Gilead of Agdus on earth. Yochid would be in Shemayim Agdus, so to speak. If you want to, well, you want to see it in, in existence, so you see it on earth, and you see it here, that the, 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 is, is recognizable, distinguishable, and revealed the power of Alufish Shalalem, of the master of the world. And how they are subjugated. So two things, that it exists and that they're subjugated to it. That he governs, directs them according to his will. He said this several times, okay. Another explanation, another Indian in this, of Avna Duhum is 
So in other words, this, 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 the heaven is like Avnadu Mizgeshes, it's like a stone which he touches, which he, which expresses his, his power. What does it mean here? It means that in the earth, with the touching of earth, the heaven reveals. In other words, basically like this. God created a heaven to be like a, a simon, a sign that reflects on his infinite power and how they're bottled to him. Okay. Well, another thing he says, I will uh, like I'll rain upon you man bread from heaven why is he going through all this by the way I've said it right you're not are you with us no because he's trying to say how Silas reveals also the infinite bleakville power not just gvul not just the divine power to create the structure, but also beyond structure. So all this is testifying Shemayim. That's the words in the Rabbeinu Shem to remember. Just like Shemayim revealed to us the God. So now he's going further that reveals also the Bligvul. So now what does the Medrash say? The Medrash says on the Pesach, God says, I will now rain upon you this. Why? This is what it says. Everything that God desires, He does. Everything God desires, He does, because He does, because everything belongs to Him. Means He has that type of omnipotent power. That when He rained upon them, fire and the sulfur, so it was from heaven. And the tal, the dew, is from heaven. And the man is min In other words, the Medjish is telling us that the Pasuk is teaching, Hinini. Why does it have to say, Hinini Mamtir? I. Because it's teaching us that it all comes from God who controls it all because it's Akol Shalei. Everything comes from, it's all. That's why the emphasis on Shemaim. Speaking Shemaim is happening in Kveit Kael. The Diak is unbelievable. He's coming to explain why heaven reveals all this. But it's revealing it down on earth. But. What is the message coming to teach us? What's the point? That both on one extreme, the, 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 the yeah, yeah, the shpa, the, the the transmission of din of, of judgment, and a great punishment, God forbid. And also on the other extreme, the transmission of great love and kindness, which is the tal and man. Which are two completely opposites. You know, they're based, they're, they're, um, diametric opposites. They all come from one container, one instrument. One instrument called heaven. Wow. This is Chasid Gura. That's Shemaim. Shemaim. I don't know if he says that, but that's, yeah. This is the interconnectivity. Of Chesed and Gvura. Chesed, of course, the kind. The Gvura is the, 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 the din, the judgment. Oh, wow. How's that possible? This is because of the Gili Ensef Because in general, like by saying Malachim, a Malach could only do what Gavriel was sent. It's exactly the same story. It's Daim. A Malach could only, could only destroy. He can't be sent also to bring uh, blessings. That's where you have to have a different Malach for each different function. Because that's how it works. 
You can't take a carpenter and turn him into a plumber. You know, when you see two opposites coming from one place, you know of something that's beyond gvul. It's not defined by that thing. That's why you can do something that's opposite. Wow, this is a very this is like that's the bleak gvul. That's why it's bleak gvul. So that the because only through that could there really be the, the interconnectivity of opposites. as we say, to make uh, one second here. I, I keep going back to this and this Remember, we learned that because of that the air has the spheres, That's why Shmaya Avtan is the skalos chesling vura. No, but it has to come from a dire place that they're able to talk to each other. Okay. So that's also the Indian of what we just said, of Avnadu Mizgeshish. Avnadu Mizgeshish. In other words, you see this from Shemayim. That's what he says. You see, he's bringing out how we see from this heaven, which in this case is heaven, we see the power of the divine, the Gibura, the Gibur. So we saw it before in the Gili of Ardus, the, the unity below through the through the perpetual motion, through uh, the fact that they're all directed in one direction, the heavens. And now he's bringing this message that you see it in the combination of opposites. This goes back now to the Targum Yenison. Remember Targum Yenison is the Mistakn Bishmaya, Mishtayin bi Yikarad Hashem. Right. So now he's going back. This is what, what's being called Hashem, the beauty, the yakar, or the preciousness, you could say. Usually beauty. Right? Yakar. We call it, we call it the malka. It's not going to be well, yeah, they're all right. Yakar. Yeah. yeah. So going, you call it Hashem. She calls it the Targum that the Targum Yenison says earlier. She only be called the malka. That's the, huh? Yeah, you have Kuwait Kale, right? Because of Hashem, right? Covid. So what is that level? She says that is. No, 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 no. No, that's not what he said. No, he asked if Yukara is the translation of the Tigrim of Kuwait Kale. That's what he said. Because that's how he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Maka. That means to look at the beauty of the king. He brought it before also. You remember when he brought Yukara. The Teferis from the from the Pardis. The Krechus? So you're tired. Which one is it? Here, right here. Remember? Look at page 181. Yeah, it's going to make a big difference in New York. I just remember Yefinish Masa. You spoke about uh, the Kara. One second. Yeah. Uh, the beauty, the Preciousness, the value. Okay, good. Fine, so this you call it, so what's he saying? Yeah. That what is it that you're seeing? What's the, what beauty are you seeing? You're seeing the beauty of interconnectivity of the opposites yeah. that you see in heaven. Yeah, True beauty and pressure, and it's beauty, and, 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 yeah, you call it, the first one beauty is only when there's a iskalos of different colors. When you see, for example, color blue, color red, it's nice, but it's one musical note, another musical note. Beauty 
is harmony within diversity. That you see different things and they combine right. Like we discussed in that Maimon Matzah So clearly that they say this is the command. And now he's saying also, and also the creation of, now he said the transmission from heaven goes both. The interesting thing is, when you look at heaven, you don't see the fire and the sulfur or the man that came from it. We're told in a Apostle, that's what it is. When you look at it, you know, you just were told. It's not like you see it. Well, where do we see from? You know, maybe, maybe we do see from heaven. We see from heaven, hurricane, sun, sandy, and then we see fire and water and everything. Yeah, I'm just mentioning that because the Medrash is basically telling. Heaven is not only the blue sky. No, I understand, but I'm saying, but look, but, but, but what's, what's the point? You can close your eyes, you don't have to look at heaven to know that. So don't think of the possible. From the heavens, okay, fine, fine, fine. Just mentioning. And also the creation of heaven is from fire and water. The Kaima Baruchi law. The Kaima Baruchi law. That, that, that are, that are sustained. How does it come, how do Asian fire come together? So it says, Baruchilah, with the spirit from above, holds them together. Because naturally they don't come together. In Barad also, the Maka Barad you saw, fire and water. Fiery hail. Like it says in Zayah Pashalach, Dafayan Zayan Omer Aleph. 77a. The Pirish Ruchilah. What's Ruchilah? What's a higher spirit? That's the level of Tiferes, Yokar. Shekel Chesed Gvura that encompasses Chesed, love and, uh, and discipline, or in this case, kindness and, and judgment. The power of the infinite divine. Hameyer by that, that radiates it. Like it says elsewhere. Kitzur. Now, the ten spheres of Atsilis reveal also not just the, the root and source in the ten hidden spheres, which is all gvul, the root of Gvul, right? It reveals the infinite light. Like we say, the beauty of God. Why? And that is the Kiyumim Hatmidi, that in their perpetual sustenance, their perpetual existence in the desi- with the, the desire of the Creator. Vasmodas pulosam and their perpetual function, vasivuv and movement and orbit, kulam lekavon achas. So all the things together, bunch of things here. Now, first of all, they perpetually exist. Number two, they perpetually move. Three, that they're all in one direction. Nida bezakeyachensef. In all this, we see the infinite power. That we see it from the avna, from like the example, the stone that he touches, that he. Yeah. Touches. From the expression of a sphina of a, a, uh, a, a incoming ship. Or an incoming touching ship. Which refers to the revelation below. Like the ship entering is like the revelation of the Shemaim is entering below. rather. And this is the revelation of the divine unity that the heavens are subjugated. And additionally, and even more, moreover, because their movement is opposite of their nature. Because they're going this way. And, and that, okay. Where heaven touches earth. Yeah, where heaven touches earth.
absolutely. Gam shemitzusimu be'eshu ma'im, and also because the existence of heavens is a fire and water, the kayom beruchi ilah, which is sustained and kept together through the higher spirits, which is he said, is, which he said is the uh, feres. Upoil and poulos hafchim dichesed gvura, and it affects it, affect two opposites of chesed and gvura, of attraction and repulsion. The iskalus who be'edin sef abligvul, the iskalus this. Interconnectivity comes from the infinite divine light, Vizel Yukarad Hashem. That's the beauty of God. Okay? Obligable. We see in existence, we have a, we have a taste, we have a, 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 a glimpse of the infinite. In other words, the, we have to still understand what do we see from what we learned till now. This was also pretty good. So till now we learned that Seichel has a root, but it's all a structure of faculties. Here we're learning of something that's beyond the, the, the structure of existence. So even the Esosphere the at the end of the day is still the artist as he sees the world in ten. Yeah, yeah, we'll discuss it. I'm sure there's going to be the comparison of the two. But you see he's climbing the ladder from through Gvul to Bli Gvul, and then he's going to climb to Sevuklam, and then we're going to learn how Sefiris are in Sevuklam. And this is still the second interpretation. We even have, we didn't even get the Behiris yet. This is how how Sefiris is Sipur more than Mispur, but now we still have Evan Sapir. Yeah, Shmai Misapim Lashon Evan This is Sipur. We're still telling a story. Okay, we stop here. We did the beginning of Discourse 26, page 191, 192, chapter 